is Zena, and you're listening to the Stay Fit, Stay Lit podcast. If you're ready to take your fitness, your body, and your life to the next level, then this is the place to be. And I'm so excited you're here, so now let's begin. Hello, it's me, your girl, Amina Zena. Welcome to the Stay Fit, Stay Lit podcast. I know it's been a minute. I have been doing so much. I just started taking Dutch lessons. If you're new, I am a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, DJ, entrepreneur. I'm originally from America, but I currently live in Europe. I live in Amsterdam, which is in the Netherlands, because sometimes people don't know where Amsterdam is. It's in a country called the Netherlands, also referred to as Holland. So that's where I'm at. But I'm originally from America. I lived in New York City for eight years. I lived in Washington, D.C. for a few. I lived in West Virginia, still the majority of my life, which is a state kind of in the middle of the country in the Appalachian Mountain region. So that is me. That's where I'm from. And that's what I do. That's who I am. And I like to share what it's been like because I've been a personal trainer, group fitness instructor since 2009. That's like 15 years, pretty much going on 15 years. This is something I've been doing. I don't really say full time. I don't really like that term because, honey, I'm not doing nothing 40 hours a week. Like as much as I love what I do, 40 hours is Ain't nobody trying to work that much, but I, I probably actually do put in 40 hours, even if I didn't want to, because not in actually teaching classes and talking to people, but in also fixing my own meals and, you know, working out for myself, getting eight hours of sleep, going to cryotherapy, which is a form of recovery. It's ice. It's really cold. But basically, I mean, yeah, I'm going to just have to say I pretty much am a trainer. That's like what I do. And I'm also a DJ. I'm a musician. That is something else I do as well. I'm both. I don't want to pick between one or the other because why? You don't have to pick. You never did. You never have to. I think I do like, okay, how many classes I give and clients I work with every week is like 20. So I'm probably putting in like 20 hours every week of actual, I'm in the gym, I'm working with you, I'm doing some sort of weightlifting. And then I put in another, I'd say 10 to 15 hours of my own personal because I have to bike. To these places that you have to commute my commute's never very far but still 15 20 minutes sometimes sometimes even 30 minutes to certain places so you got to throw in like an hour each day so now that's another seven hours of just biking and commuting and getting everywhere and then i also have to i really track my macros go grocery shopping i really cook most of my meals that's another couple hours so you see what i'm saying about like to be a personal trainer because when you're a fitness instructor, when you're using your body a lot, I have to eat more than an average person. I also teach nutrition. So what I do with my clients, mostly one-on-one, is actually more focused on nutrition. Because as much as you need to lift weights, and I also focus on that, it's like, it is both, you know, focus on lifting weights, but without the nutrition, it just doesn't matter. So the way I see it is, if I'm doing a group lesson, this is all about the workout, right? I'm never in a group lesson like, hey guys, are you getting enough protein? Like, that's just not the time for that. Group lessons are about vibes, having fun. It's almost like a party. It's both. You're working out, you're getting it in, but you know, I teach at places that are really fun. I do spin classes. I do work out with weights and it's booty and it's all with the disco ball and it's fun. So the workouts that I do in person with people are really fun, but that's not the time to focus on nutrition. So in order for me to really understand nutrition, I'm always researching. Every day I log my food almost every day. I have a week maybe sometimes here and there where I don't really do it fully. If I'm on a vacation, I don't bother. I try to maybe write a few things down that I can remember. But I even 
on an average day, I don't, I'm not too exact all the time, but I do have a food scale. I am pretty aware of portion sizes at this point. And I actually do find food logging to be extremely helpful. Mentally, it's just like, it's one more thing that you don't have to have floating around in your head. And that's funny because I know that a lot of people like to go to talk therapy, like that really helps people. And I've even been to therapy a few times in my life for like isolated incidents, because if I have like an isolated problem in my head and I need to talk to somebody about it, that's when I'll go to therapy, especially I was in college that was included in tuition. So I went like twice, like I had, I had like a career therapy session and then I had another therapy session about, it was like a specific situation. And then again, in New York, I had a specific situation. So I went for a few months. But most of the time, I don't really like talking about stuff because it's like the words just are, they're all over the place. That's why I actually like podcasting because I'm talking about something but it's being captured somewhere and like we can all learn from it. I can learn from it. You can learn from it. We can all just learn. This is now a place where the words are going. And I like that with writing stuff down. So for me, logging food is very helpful because now I see what's in the food. I've written it down. I'm able to recreate recipes and it helps me teach clients how to do it for themselves. And the best feeling ever is almost all my clients come back to me years later. They're like, I'm still doing what I'm doing. Like I even had a client come back to me. She was like, hey, I want to work with you again. And after one call, we were like, she had come back to me. We worked together in 2018 and then she reached out and she was like, okay, I want to work with you again. We did one call and she was like, oh my gosh, like I literally remember everything you taught me. I'm just going to do that. And then she started doing it. And she was like, yeah, you're right. It just works. Like once you know the fundamentals of nutrition, it just works. And so, but sometimes it takes, it takes people a second to get there because in order to learn anything new, you got to stop, you got to pause, you got to reevaluate. You have to add it into what your life already is. You have to break habits. You got to form new ones. And that's why you can actually use your money to create discipline. That is how I've been able to go to cryotherapy over 700 times which is putting myself in a freezer that is negative 110 degrees Celsius. I'm going to look it up on my phone because something I've learned since moving to Europe four years ago is that metric and Fahrenheit, it's not always like an easy convert. So let me just look this up. Um, I'm always doing talk to text on my phone, so I'm just going to say it in my phone. What is negative 110 Celsius into Fahrenheit? And Google is telling me that, come on, Google. Oh my goodness, it didn't work. Let me do it again. Once, do you know, like once you get caught on something, you just have to have the answer. And this is the one time, of course, when I'm trying to record something that the predictive text isn't popping up. Okay, 110 Celsius to Fahrenheit. Girl, see the fact that I even have to go through all of this, Basically, it's really cold. So the benefit of cryotherapy is that when you go into these negative temperatures, it is so cold that all the inflammation in your body just goes away. And there's actually a town like up in Russia, um, Siberia, I guess, like all the way up at the top of Russia. And I was watching it on YouTube and like they have this market and they don't even have to put anything in the freezer. Every all the food is just sitting out in the open because the temperature is that cold outside. OK, so. Still trying to find this, guys. I'm kind of mad at Google right now for being so inefficient. Like, just calculate it for me. Um, and it's kind of killing my vibe. And see, that's what I'm saying, though. You have to, I'm not going to give up. You can't give up. Okay, I figured it out. 
negative 110 degrees Celsius is minus 166 degrees Fahrenheit. And you go in there every day. I go in there every day for three minutes at a time. It's just cold air. You wear as minimal as clothing as possible. So I always just wear like a pair of shorts and a sports bra. And then you wear these fuzzy boots, you cover your ears and you cover your hands and you cover your mouth. Just a couple of places where the extremities don't need to get too cold. But basically you want it to hit your CNS, which is the back of your neck. And if that cold gets to that point in your neck, then you're going to reheal, reheal, release and heal your nervous system. And it's good for muscle recovery. It's just good for everything. Like, I feel like it's made me a better person. I actually do. I've been going now for a few years. I'd say like three and a half and I've gone over 700 times and I'm going today. I was yesterday. I was there the day before. It just gives you so much energy as well. It gives you really good energy. It helps your skin. I can't explain it. Actually, I can. It really helps you cope with life and death. It really allows you to understand that you should never be stressed about anything that isn't a actual life or death situation. Because cortisol is one of the worst things in your body is if you just have an excess amount of cortisol, which is the stress hormone, which really kills everything in your life. 90% of your problems come down to stress, you know, like, and being able to get your mind and your nervous system in a state of being constantly regulated is the goal. And it's not your fault because most of humanity has needed to be in fight or flight. When we were cavemen, we were always being watchful for animals attacking us we were always watching out for food we we're always starving and freezing like and it, life hasn't that been that easy for humans i would say you know just from what i know and have learned in school basic history is that i feel like the 1950s the boomers that was sort of the first generation of comfort because when i think about my grandma she's alive she's in her 80s she's in the silent generation they were going through like world war ii i'm pretty sure they were going through and my grandma was in America when segregation was a thing. So even me being, you know, my mom is white, my dad is black. Whew, drama in my family at that time in the South of America. You know what I mean? Like West Virginia is not necessarily a place where you're going to find a lot of black people. It's definitely mostly white people. Appalachian, there's a lot of inbreeding. Not where I'm from. I'm from the college town. So there's a little more life. And actually, my dad is from Africa, like first generation Africa and got a PhD and studied and taught at the university that I'm from in West Virginia. So it's like, even though there is like a lot of inbreeding in West Virginia and, and there are the mountain Appalachian people that have their own lifestyle or whatever, like I said, where I'm from, it was a little more international because at the end of the day, it's still the United States. And the United States is always going to attract people that want to improve their life for the most part. Like if you're an immigrant, a lot of immigrants it's destination number one. Now that I've traveled a lot more and I've lived in Europe, even though most people that I've talked to, everybody kind of makes fun of America because it looks ridiculous from the outside and it looks ridiculous from the inside and it is a ridiculous place. But at the end of the day, there's still a lot of money and opportunities. Despite all the negative, there's still a lot that can be good about America. So at the end of the day, Going to West Virginia University is a flex if you're from Africa. It's a flex if you're from anywhere in the world because you made it somewhere in America at a big state university that could open a lot of doors for you. I mean, me being in West Virginia opened a lot of doors for me. So sometimes I, yeah, growing up as a kid, I always felt like, oh my God, West Virginia, what a small state. Nobody really knows about it. Super country, super in the middle of nowhere. But I still had an American lifestyle and I think that taught me a lot allowed me to do a lot with my life. It allowed me to move to Europe. So 
sometimes I say bad things about America, but today I'm really realizing it is still, still a good place, despite. But anyways, staying on topic, staying on topic with it. Basically, cryotherapy helps you cope. It helps you regulate your nervous system. And that's super important because then you just feel unbothered and chill all the time. And you have less of the aging. It just slows down aging, really. Because if you put something in the freezer, it lasts long, right? If you put food in the freezer, it's, it is good for years even. You can freeze stuff for years. So imagine what freezing yourself does to your body, your organs, your mind, your nervous system. I also go to the sauna as well. I go to red light therapy, which is a form of a sauna. It doesn't really make you sweat, though. It's infrared. And so I also do that pretty much every time I go to cryotherapy because it's in the same building and it's like a subscription. So, and I'm also starting to do hydroxy therapy, which is another sort of uh, treatment where you're hooked up to this machine and um, you have this thing in your nose and it's pumping oxygen into your body. Because I actually learned this on a trip to Vegas. I was out at EDC, Electric Daisy Dance Carnival, something like that, rave in the middle of Vegas. It was so fun. I used to do EDM. Like I had my EDM phase. I was an EDM DJ in New York, like for five years. It's playing all that EDM and the drops and like Tiesto and all that sort of stuff. I was really about that life. Um, so I was out in EDC and in Vegas, I was like, why do I feel so good? I did a 24 hour fast for the first time in my life. Cause all I did in Vegas was just smoke weed. I didn't drink any alcohol at all. I don't do any other drugs, but weed is legal out there. And we had some friends from New York out there that we ran into. So I was smoking and I was doing a 24 hour water fast and I was just like vibing. I was looked so good. I felt so good. My stomach was so flat. And then I found out that in Vegas and a lot of the hotels, they actually pump extra oxygen into the rooms. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's why I feel so good. And then I went to an oxygen bar at the rave. So I got hooked up to the oxygen and I just felt high. I was literally felt like high on life because I was smoking weed not had eaten anything yet. It was only one day that I did the 24 hour fast, three day festival. So just one of the nights I was fasted, just drinking water, did that oxygen bar thing. And I literally felt like I was in heaven. And the stage was just, it was for Tiesto set. It's just so weird. Like I still like that music, but I think it was a phase because, you know, I play it in my workout sometimes. And like, I realize in my life, I've gone through a lot of phases in music and in my mind. Um, but I feel like, and even with my career, like, I feel like even though I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time and I'm definitely going to expand on it, I had a phase in the very beginning where I was doing it, but I was doing so many other things. Like I was in New York, I did like print modeling for a little bit. I was an extra in movies and I was getting paid to do this stuff. That's the thing. Like in New York, you can be a model and an actor and literally not be famous at all and make like a great solid income from it. Like I have friends that are models, especially like fit models. You don't have to be on camera at all. They just use your body to um, fit clothing. You stand there, they pin it together. They just want to have a model that they can use to put clothes on and use as like a way to like, you know, cut and, and, get things ready for the store, just have like a standard measurement. So they'll use a girl that's like a size medium at this. And then that way it's always has the same sort of fit. Like same with all the, I was actually doing print modeling as far as those catalogs you get in the mail. And just whenever you get on a website and you just see all the clothes on the models, like I was doing stuff like that. And I would still actually do that. I was just thinking about that the other day. It's pretty chill, but it also photo shoots take all day, even though it's chill, it's fun. You're modeling, you take pictures, 
It pays really well. It can sometimes be an all-day thing. Some shoots can be 20 minutes, though, so it just depends. But it does take a lot of time, but it is something really fun that I was doing, and I also did, like, I, I don't know. I had a few jobs here and there where I was, like, a virtual assistant. I was making and editing YouTube videos for people. Like, when I first moved to New York, I think I had, like, eight different jobs. I was a bottle girl at the club, which also pays really well. So, but that's also very under the table and that's a different lifestyle. And you're always going to be up from like, you know, 11, you're going to wake up at like 9 PM at night and you're going to get out the house at 11 and you're going to get home at like 7 AM every day. So that's also something to consider. DJing is kind of like that, but it's not. That's what I do love about DJing because it's the music, it's the vibe. But when you're really just doing it right, you're going to have like a 90 minute to two hour set. And then you can leave after that. If you want, you can stay or leave. You know, but if you're a bottle girl, you work in the whole night, you're opening the club and you're closing the club. So you got to consider that. But yeah, basically, I feel like I, I go through seasons of life. I go through seasons, but the things that really matter to me always stick and they always stick around. And being in music, making music has always stuck around, but not the genre necessarily. That's been the weirdest thing for me is like, but I'm also coming back to what I actually listened to as a kid. That's what I noticed for the first time this year. I was like, because this year was a lot of changes, um, a lot of new beginnings and endings. And I moved into this new place and I've been living here in this beautiful home that really makes me feel like, wow, like I made it. This place makes me feel like I made it. And that frequency has put me in a place of like sort of being more in touch with what I genuinely want because I always genuinely wanted a place that felt like this. It does need a lot of renovations. That's something I have to consider. I don't mind that though, because the actual foundation, the neighborhood it's in, the structure of the home, huge windows, nice backyard, like size wise, it's great. It just needs to get like painted and stuff, painted and furnished. I'll make it a home, you know, but this is, this is definitely it. And that's just put me in a place of being like, yeah, just now I feel like, okay, just get what you want out of life. Like it's okay to want more. It's okay to want big things. It really is. You're allowed to want some big, crazy, over the top, fancy wedding. And you're allowed to not want a wedding at all. You're allowed to want six kids and you're allowed to want zero kids. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at in my life right now. Like I'm allowed to be with you while you're on your best. And the second you start showing your worst, if it's not working for me, I'm allowed to go. That's just my whole energy. And I've always kind of been like this my whole life, except I wasn't always accepting of that. Like it's, it, I feel like I've, this year has been acceptance of who I am and also that people are people and that as much as people can be good, people can be really bad too. And you just have to always keep your awareness and you always have to remember you have to have your back first at the end of the day. Like don't ever trust anyone more than you trust your own self and your own instincts. And that's a fact. That's how I feel. And the journey through my life has been exciting and fun. Fitness has been a constant. It's been a staple. It's like, it's interesting though, because we all have friends and we all have things that we're good at and just are like no brainers to us. It's unbelievable how just easy eating right and working out is for me. Like, I'm not saying it's easy in general because honey, it's not. But that is like the one thing that will happen no matter what. 
And I do want to travel more. And my friends have kind of been, I feel like I've had a lot of friends recently this year trying to push me to travel in a good way. I appreciate it so much because I like having invites. I like having places to go, but I love my routine. I think that's something that is also for me a good place to be. Like I like my routine. I'm somebody that likes to be in town a lot. Not all the time. I'm just not somebody that like lives to travel. I do like being spontaneous sometimes, but I'm not a spontaneous person in general, if that makes sense. Because I have enough fun. I have enough fun with what I do. I plan the fun. My life is fun. Everything I do, I enjoy. So I don't need to like switch it up crazy because I'm good. I'm good with my plans right now. And I don't need to go anywhere else because honey, I'm turning this house into a home. I want this place to be my sanctuary. I want to make it so cute and comfortable that it's like, and that's why I go to certain places like that. For me, I just love a space that feels luxurious, not bougie and stuffy though. It can feel luxurious, but I don't like stuffy. And I was actually watching a YouTube video on the importance of third places. And it's so true because we need places to go where we can just vibe. You know, like we need places that aren't about work. And I think you, you need places that aren't even about the gym. But I do think the gym is a super cool third place where you can do both. It's like you can get your body moving, you can get it going. But I feel like I've had a lot of genuine, real conversations in a gym because it's the gym. You know, people are working out and sweating and it puts you in this awareness, this very primal awareness that like we're humans and we're people and we're animals. And I feel like in the gym, it's just a sort of more open minded place it is the jungle it is people definitely trying to flex and you can feel sort of like you feel like animals in the gym but at the same time i also feel like i've had a lot of real conversations because it's not a place where you have to be stuffy is my point when places are too stuffy and polished and bougie it's nice though that's nice for like you know a a dinner or when you're working with people i feel like because work i mean i've never worked in an office so i don't really know that energy but i feel like if you're at work and you're with your colleagues and you're trying to focus on your laptop or your desk being in a nice environment would be a great place like a a luxurious nice not too homey but somewhere that just feels polished if you're working you know what i mean but if you just want to vibe and chill if it's too polished it's like uh, you know i want to be somewhere a little more cozy anyways though i was trying to talk about how money can buy you discipline and we ended up here money can buy you discipline because when you put money on it and it doesn't matter how much money you have whether you're rich or poor nobody likes the feeling of wasting money so if you really want to get something done you pay for it up front that's why i go to cryotherapy i would go but what really makes me go is that i pay for a subscription up front every month and i want to make sure i get the most of that subscription because it's something i want to do But if I don't put money on it, it's hard to get yourself to go to a freezer that's negative 166 degrees. As much as it feels good, it feels good in a way that's like, like feel good. Like there's the feel good that comes from laying on the beach with a drink on a vacation. Wow, that feels good. That's like true relaxation or getting like a nice Thai or Swedish massage. Also just pure relaxation. Cryotherapy is not relaxing. It's very refreshing though. It's mentally, it's like cleansing and it's spiritually cleansing. It's like uncomfortable as fuck. It's uncomfortable, but it also feels really good. I just can't explain it, but it's not necessarily something like 
easy to get to. Like, I feel like it's not going to be hard for you to want to get up and go get that Thai massage. Definitely not. It's not going to be hard for you to want to just go sit in a hot tub. That's lit. Trust me for certain things. And that's the same with, I think, why personal training works in a lot of ways, because I really enjoy the gym. I think there's a lot of people out there who will go without anybody sort of getting them there. But look, some people like the gym. They don't absolutely love it. So if you can pay for a class and you know it's going to happen, you know, okay, I'm going to show up to this class. I'm going to get my workout in and I have to pay up front before it. I'm going to go get my money's worth, right? Doesn't matter if the class is 10 euros or $10 or sometimes in New York, those classes is $50. I'm not going to lie. I worked at some gyms where personal training sessions started a minimum at $150 an hour. And that's what I'd, I would charge. So yeah, whatever it takes. Sometimes you got to put the money on it to make it happen because it's your body, it's your health. You know it's the best thing you could ever invest in. So that's why you got to make your money work for you. It's psychological. If you really, really, really want to get in shape and you've been putting it off and you need somebody to just get you started, like that's what a personal trainer does. You don't have to have a personal trainer forever. Like I said, my clients learn everything they need to learn in a few months and then they have results for the rest of their life. And now they're just that girl or that guy. And now they're confident in their body. Now they are meeting a higher level of partners because they feel like they're on a higher level now. They're getting, what's it called? Upgrades? What's the word? Promotions at their job. They're getting upgrades. They're getting more clients. They're getting more money. Like It always is a ripple effect because your life is directly from you and the way you feel about yourself and the way you see yourself, it directly affects literally everything you do. So yeah, you could drop some money. You can go to that link in my show notes and you can work with me. We can get on a call. I do one-on-one coaching. We work together for a few months. I teach you about nutrition. I teach you about lifting weights. We take the pictures. It's an intensive. I do that with people. It's super fun. I actually really enjoy it and my clients enjoy it because, yeah, like I said, when you put the money on it, now you're holding yourself accountable and you also have me holding you accountable. And then there's no way you can fail with that level of accountability. You want to make sure you get your money's worth and I want to make sure you get results. And that way we both have that same energy. It's two people working on it. You can't fail. I hold your hand. You get fit. You get the nutrition you need like I really teach you this stuff like I'm literally a New York City top trainer like literally so I don't know who else you want to learn from I mean there are plenty of great people to learn from but what I'm saying is like I consider myself one of the best because I started off before Instagram okay I when you were a trainer in 2011 2010 2009 it wasn't about Instagram and being popular and all this and that you had to get certifications those certifications required you to study for months minimum six months sometimes a year you take a test you take a practical exam to work at Equinox where I did in New York we had to do physical exams like our manager had to make sure we could lift show him your form show him you know what you're talking about writing 12-month programs out in advance how do you periodize or yeah periodize that is such a tongue twister periodization which is basically how do you get a muscle to get stronger how do you and when do you switch up rep schemes when do you do light medium and heavy rest times just all these sort of things about progressive overload so that way how do you progressively overload the muscle to make it grow 
And on top of it, I had to just teach myself a lot of stuff because I've had multiple physiques. I've been that skinny girl. I was legitimately skinny. Like I used to not think it was that crazy, but I was looking back at pictures the other day. I was definitely like a size six US, like so thin, actually thin. I was looking at myself. I could see my abs through my clothes. I was like, oh, shoot, man, I was ripped. And I did that for like three years. And I was eating like 2,300 calories a day, 23, 2,400 easily. You know, I was eating good. I wasn't starving. I felt hungry a lot because my metabolism was fast and I was still burning a lot of calories, but I was still getting around my BMR. And I also had my slim, thick physique where I'm at now. Um, and then COVID happened. That was the first time in my life I accidentally gained weight. Oh, I'm, it wasn't, yeah, it was an accident because I didn't really plan COVID. That's the only way I could say it. I gained weight in COVID and I already got it off. You know what I mean? It's done. It's done. But it was two years in Amsterdam, COVID, the gyms being shut down, no certainty. I was also super stressed because I had just moved. Imagine moving to a foreign country, spending all your savings, breaking your lease in New York on a rent controlled apartment. Like I was never going to find another apartment that cheap again. Thousands of stuff I left behind, thousands of dollars I left behind. You know, I had money saved up and I, I knew what I was doing. But still, imagine leaving the country for the first time. It costs money. It's an investment, but you know what I mean? It's still money. Learning a new language, learning a new currency, that's already hard enough. But then a pandemic happens. And then I couldn't even book a flight back to the United States for a few months in the beginning. But it was like, what was I going to do? The gyms that I worked at were shut down. I was working online at the time. So then that's what I still do with the online coaching. But still, I still wasn't able to go to the gym at all. It would be open for two months and then close for seven months. And you couldn't even buy gym equipment because it was getting sold out other than bands. I had one year where I really could not access weights. And I've been lifting weights my whole life. My whole journey in fitness has involved lifting weights. And I couldn't do it for like a whole calendar year. And then it's like, yeah, hit and running and body weight stuff. It's cool, but I'm telling you, lifting weights is just like the cheat code. Calisthenics is great. I do like calisthenics. You can also get shredded and build muscle with just some bands. You can. And all my clients actually almost got better results, I would say, in 2020 because calisthenics and bands really help you truly activate the muscle. You get sculpted, you get lean. But again, I love lifting weights. That's what I love to do. And there's still value in lifting weights. Eventually, we had to find ways. Like, they would put, like, soup cans in a bucket. You know, we would just find ways to get some kind of weights because, yeah, obviously, calisthenics is good, but life involves you picking stuff up it involves external forces it life you, you pick stuff up you put stuff down so training your body to do that efficiently and being able to understand how to use weight to build muscle is just super important i feel like for the most well-balanced training and physique you do a mixture of calisthenics and lifting weights so again i didn't have the weights that i used during covid and then it was all this stress on top of it, trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life, trying to figure out if I'd made the right choice living here, all the vaccine stuff, curfew. So my body went through a lot of changes. And now finally in 2023, I'm here. I'm here, baby. I'm wearing my clothes again. I put on all my clothes from 2017. It's fitting again. Because there was a moment. Definitely body dysmorphia stuff coming around too, because yeah, I was fat at one point as well. So I was also morbidly obese at one point in my life. And I've had so many different body types. I, but I'd say I have three main body types at this point. When I was really big, when I was really small, and then where I'm at now. And even the weight gain in COVID wasn't extreme. I also have to, I have to regulate my nervous system because in my head it seemed extreme. But what I have to remember was when I was 
in 2019, that's when I moved to Amsterdam. I was a size 10 and I'm a size 10 again, but it was a tight size 10. It was like, girl, you, it was already painted on. So if I gained even a half an inch, none of my clothes were going to fit. And so I, I think I gained like two or three inches during COVID. I was still able to wear all my stretchy stuff, but if it was like the tight mm-mm, jackets, peacoats and stuff, none of that was fitting. And that's where I was getting upset. But now it's all fitting again. The jeans and, and some things just don't fit the same because even though like I might have the same measurements in certain places, like, you know, I'm biking all the time now. My butt is now a different shape than when I got here. It's like more lifted up and it's a little bit fuller because, you know, I'm, I'm just doing different exercises now, you know? And uh, so even though most, I'd say at this point, like 90% of my clothes from 2017 fit, but some things just don't fit the same way they did because my body shape slightly changed a bit. And like, that's okay. That was like six years ago. <laughs> it seems right around the corner, but the fact that I can still fit in most of those clothes, I took a picture and you can see that, yeah, my body has changed. I am thicker, which is what I wanted, but overall I look the same. Like I look literally the same. The proportions are the same. Most of the clothes are the same. So I would say I've had three main body types, which again are like my fat one, my skinny one. And now I I'm slim, thick, slim, thick, baby. And that's the thing. You can sculpt whatever physique you want. I've done it. I've seen it. I've helped so many people do it. I've helped so many people gain weight. I've helped so many people lose weight. So it's just a matter of getting consistent. And it has to be something that is one of your top three priorities. Because we all have priorities. I'm sitting here with so many things to do. I need to do the dentist appointment. I need to call this doctor. Basic checkup, nothing serious. I'm, I'm always healthy. Um, but, you know, basic stuff like that. The water bill and the tax office. And I'm taking Dutch lessons. I got to do the homework. I got to make a new playlist for tonight. I got to cook. I got to clean the floor. I got to get a new Swiffer, right? We all have that list. Some of y'all have kids. You got to go pick them up. It's like a lot. But fitness has to be like top three. Because there's certain things like when you wake up, this is kind of how I, I prioritize my day. I always put myself first and I just think if I died today, I want to make sure that I did the things that really matter to me. So at some point in the day, I have to work on music and that doesn't matter if it's five minutes or two hours. And every single day I, I work out. That's just life for me. Like I said, most days that's even going to cryotherapy because like I said, benefits red light sauna because I'm already there and like my skin looks like a newborn now. Um, and basically, yeah, there's just certain things I have to do every day, no matter what, to feel like I lived today as if it was my last. It doesn't mean that every day you're out at a rave in Vegas or you're in a rainforest doing ayahuasca, but it does mean that you do the things that you really value. That's what I think. Because some days like I really like my little life and my little routine. Like, yeah, some days I would love to be at that Beyonce concert, but would I want to be there every day? Mm, a lot of days, yeah, but not every day, you know? Like, as much as I love parties, sometimes you need a break. And same thing for the gym. It is good to have, I do like taking a few weekends off in a month and just taking two or three days off and not going to the gym at all feels really nice. So as much as you love something, it doesn't mean that every single day you have to do something for it, but I think every single day you have to live in a way where you would feel satisfied. Like if this was your last day on earth, like even a few weeks ago, I went and got dinner with one of my best friends, Lisa, and we just had a great meal. It was so good. It's Persian food. I'm literally so into Persian and Arab food right now. It is so good, yo. Just like the meat kebabs and the saffron rice and like the yogurts. I, I love it. I also like Greek food. I like that like 
tomato, cheese, cucumber salad. Like I'm really into that recently. And I have tacos almost every day. I'm kind of sick of it though. I've had literally, I make my tacos with either chicken or steak. And then it's just tortillas, onion, cilantro, and the green tomatilla salsa. And sometimes I do sour cream. Like I don't do like American or there's like Tex-Mex where it's like beans. It's all the refried beans and tomatoes and, and cheese and all this stuff. Like I like Tex-Mex, but I think I prefer, and I know that my way of doing it is not necessarily authentically Mexican, but it is Mexican because I lived in Spanish Harlem. I got them real Mexican tacos. That's what I copy. I try to copy their recipe, but you know, obviously they just, Mexican food just is heavy on seasoning and the seasonings are everything. Uh, just the yum. Just thinking about it. So that is what I want to talk about today. I hope that you learned something, got inspired. Think about your life every single day. Think about the best version of yourself and what they would do and do that. Let's end on that note. And like I said, if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, feel free to head to my website. You can fill out a form and then we'll set up a call and then we'll see if it's a good fit and then we'll make it happen. We'll build your dream body. Yeah. And if you're in Amsterdam, come to my class and find me on Instagram, all that. Share with a friend and stay fit, stay lit. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you learned something useful and enjoyed what you listened to. And if you did, please feel free to take a screenshot of today's episode and post it in your Instagram stories. And be sure to tag me at aminazina underscore fitness because I want to meet you and I want to shout you out. So thanks again. And until the next time, stay fit, stay